This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's improving, by the way. I know. I, um, know. I'm a, I, I would declare myself one of my favorite moments of or eras of my um I, I hesitate to call it a career here, but I can't come up with another word for it. Um, covering the Ty Lawson era at UNC. So Ty had like an ankle sprain. Of course, he treated it with Epsom salts. Never right. mind. Never mind. Doesn't even matter. Uh, because his dad said, use Epsom salts. Fine. He would declare himself like a certain percentage. How was he? I, and he li- literally said one day, I'm, I'm about 76%. And I thought, man, that's perfect. Oh, very specific. So he is. He's, yeah. you Athletes are in tune with their own bodies. Yeah. He knew. I'm about 83% right now. Yeah. It's very exciting uh, as I feel like I am almost all the way back. Baby steps. Oh, my gosh. No, these are huge, giant steps. Yes. Oh, man. I was so discouraged Saturday morning. I woke up Saturday morning. I'm thinking, I'm never going to get get well. <laughs> I know. It feels like that. It's, uh, I'm almost there. All right. We got a lot of things today. That play, that play, first of all, the music behind that play should have been Yakety Sax. <laughs> yeah. For those people who don't know what Yakety Sax, can you find Yakety Sax? Uh, it's the old Benny Hill. Now, this is way too old for most of the people listening. But if you knew the Benny Hill show, you knew ex- you know exactly what I'm talking about because it is simply, it is high comedy. What th- th- that, su- that soundtrack is to uh, major guffaws and hijinks. And that's what that play was. The amazing thing about that form, they came out in that formation. And you know what that formation is. That's Ezekiel Elliott at center. Huh? <laughs> like they had linemen all the way split wide to the left. I think there were a couple of linemen split wide to the uh, to the right. It was crazy. I, if you were watching on TV, I went the wrong way. Either way, it doesn't matter. So d- this is it. This is Yakety Sax. Yep. It's perfect. That play... Was horrific, I but funny. All when that when they executed well executed when that play was executed, and I use the term executed literally. Yeah, <laughs> actually literally, they were executed on that play. All I could do was laugh. Yeah, I felt so bad for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I felt so bad. He just like he just tumbled back into Dak Prescott. Turpin, the wide receiver, caught the pass. Was just. Smoked as Kevin Burkhart said on TV. Uh-huh. Smoked as soon as he caught it. Play had nothing, zero. Yeah. It was, but that was indicative, and it's actually going to be the the thrust of our first hour today. Uh, we're wide open uh, for all of us to in- enjoy the first hour. Um, we don't we don't do this a ton, especially on Mondays. Normally, we talk to Will Brinson about the NFL. Get a little little scheduling snafu. Will is going to be with us at the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to wide, leave it wide open. We got four football games to discuss. Mm-hmm. We got two basketball games to discuss. Yep. There are other things also that we can get into, issues surrounding uh, certainly football. 919-860-5326. Throw it wide open. Whatever you want to talk about is cool. You know people have takes oh from this weekend. Oh, my gosh. There's so much bad <laughs> yeah. from this weekend. Frankly, I have enough bad to just talk for an hour. <laughs> exactly. And I'm... 
I have enough of my energy back where I might just do right, that. Right, but you might you might spend it all though. You gotta you gotta well ease into it. What the second hour is for? So <laughs> there's just a ton of things I want to get to. Nine one nine eight six zero five three two six. But this weekend, my predictions was that play in microcosm. I was wrong on everything. Every single thing I said would happen didn't happen. A hundred. I, well, the only thing I was close, I had the Bengals. I had the Bengals to beat the Bills, but I also had the Bengals plus the over, and that didn't go over. Thank you, Buffalo. So, other than that, that's as close as I got to being right. I, I Place your bets went 0 for 5. I apologize if you paid attention to place your bets this week and thought, hey, gold's on a roll. Let's just go with those. Nope, 0 for 5. We lost them all. Couldn't have been more wrong on Duke-Miami. Couldn't have been more wrong on State-Carolina. Looks like Tequavian Smith's going to be okay. It's actually might play tomorrow when State hosts Notre Dame. It certainly didn't look good when we were watching. I thought the ejection of Leaky Black was curious, to say the least. I'm like, it was absolutely crazy. Um, so, all right, we're gonna just to prove to you that we're going to talk to you, uh, John and Fuqua is going to lead us off. We haven't even gotten out of the gate yet. We're going to do out of the gate in a second. John and Fuqua, how are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing today? I mean, I can only speak for me. Uh, I'm okay. Victoria, how we're are you? We're good, all yes. Right. We're, we're all good. Great weekend of football. Uh, okay, well, it all depends on who you're rooting for. but uh, Oh, yeah. But, you know, the one thing I don't understand is Dallas wouldn't even made the playoffs if it hadn't been for the backup quarterback. And here we are watching Zach do what he does. This weekend, oh, he was great last weekend. But what? Who were they playing? Right, a uh, uh, yes. playoff team. I, I don't understand it. If Dallas is America's team, we're in a sorry state of mind. Wow, <laughs> we just associated. You, you got it. We just associated that to the uh, to the United States government. That is terrible. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> no, I no, had other things I'm I okay. to say about that, but right. we'll let that go. That's fine. That is 100% fine. Appreciate you your time. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. You too. Uh, well, it was a good get. Uh, all right. Uh, 919-860-5326. You want to talk about anything from football this weekend. If you want to associate it, not just to the American government, but foreign foreign governments, that's fine too. Right. Uh, all right. Who would be uh, Who would be Brazil? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, all right, let's uh, let let's do out of the gate. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, they are America's team. Sorry, state of affairs. Uh, look, I was wrong about everything. I was. I said state would win. Couldn't see a path for Duke to beat Miami. Loved the Giants in Philly. Dallas was coming for San Francisco. I even thought Liverpool might score a couple of goals and beat Chelsea. None of that happened. Oh, no. None of that happened. Uh, All five place your bets were losers. Although, again, if the Bills had had actually played. Right. Showed up. if If they were ready to play a playoff game, then maybe that would have been a winner. I still think Cincinnati wins the game. Cincinnati did what they had to do, 27-10. I figured that game was going to be played in the low 30s. Bengals would win it. Um, So, And by the way, the poll question, which we will address maybe throughout this hour, but also at 1 o'clock, which of my sorry predictions was the dumbest? 
So uh, you can go to my Twitter, <laughs> at AgoldFan, or you can go to the 99.9 The Fan Twitter account, or uh, at the underscore two underscore the underscore Victoria. Yep. And, uh, and there you go. Just, uh, just answer. And by the way, right now, the uh, lot of votes has been mm-hmm. up about an hour. Uh, I think the correct answer is the choice so yeah. far, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skew it. We'll have a debate. Yeah, state over UNC, Miami over Duke, Giants over Eagles, Dallas over San Francisco. Which was the dumbest of those predictions? We are going to talk about all of it. All right, well, let's we'll start in basketball just because I there's I know I realize those games were Saturday, but I thought two intriguing. Very different basketball game. Start with the Heels beating the Pack. And really, this was about two players for me. It was about Armando Bacot being great and R.J. Davis being great. And there was really nobody else for North Carolina that did much for me in the game in terms of did you play really well? I'm not saying guys didn't have their moments. I thought Leaky Black played okay. Uh, Caleb Love made a lot of free throws. Speaking of free throws, North Carolina made a lot of free throws. I would say this to NC State fans, and I saw the Twitter. I didn't watch the game until yesterday. I had a Hurricanes game, so I didn't watch the game until I knew the outcome. And then I watched specifically because, oh my gosh, the Twitters were nutty. Carolina got all the calls. I'm like, you know what? You know, Here's my takeaway. State shouldn't foul so much. Yeah. Don't foul so much. Because you fouled a lot, and you fouled a lot unnecessarily, and guess what? It adds up, and all of a sudden, Carolina's in the bonus with 14 minutes left in the second half. Well, of course they're going to go to the free throw line and shoot a lot of free throws. Not to mention you fouled a bunch on offensive re- rebounding opportunities for UNC. I did not. The worst thing you can do as a fan is use free throw disparity as proof. Oftentimes, an indication of how the game is played is way more important. I was looking for, hey, did Carolina get away with this that NC State was not? And there might have been a couple of occasions, but I didn't think it was egregious. I didn't. Sorry about that, people. Look, other State was right there in spite of the free throw disparity. They were right there, had a chance to win the game, even after Turquavian Smith went out. I think they cut the lead to six. Pretty much right after Smith went out. State's got really good guards. They they had a chance to win that game. I am not, I, I feel the same way about NC State today as I did before that game. Nothing has made me change my opinion of the Wolfpack. Carolina did get 36 of their 80 points from the free throw line. That is a remarkable, remarkable number. Armando Baycott, his 61st double-double. That is a school record. He had 23 points and 18 rebounds. And Hubert Davis talked about Baycott after the game. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Taruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. 
it's very hard. It's not very hard to describe. Um, you know, I said to you guys before that one of the greatest feelings as a coach is to know what a player or a team what they're you know what they're bringing to the table every day. And for Armando, that's what I have in him. Every day, practice, shoot around, game. You know that he's going to give his best on both ends of the floor uh, for himself, for the team, for this program, um, and for him to pass um, Tyler Hansbrough and uh, Billy Cunningham for the all-times uh, double-doubles and points and rebounds. That's just just unbelievable. He's a fantastic player. He's one of the best players in Carolina history, and I'm just really, really proud of him. He had, a, he had a, a really good game. R.J. Davis was the best player on the court, and frankly, it wasn't close. It wasn't. R.J. Davis was, maybe is, Carolina's most important player. So, and he, but here's the other part of this. Leaky Black should not have, I didn't understand that. There wasn't enough there for to eject him from the game. Uh, hard foul. I didn't think it was, I, I didn't think there was anything dirty about it. But they called what they called. I, I I got the feeling they called the result as opposed to the act. And we always get in trouble when we react to the result. Just call the foul. Okay, hard foul, flagrant one, we move on. Anyway, um, my, my thought about UNC, real quick. Caleb Love. If you get great Caleb Love, UNC is really dangerous and has a high end. Yeah. If you don't get great Caleb Love, I think UNC is just okay. He is, he to me, he is the barometer for what UNC is going to be. Because there's just not enough consistency there for me. But I do know that when it goes, when it's... When it's going, man, he is something else. Watch out. So that's the way I am. That's that's where I am on uh, UNC. As for NC State, here's Kevin Keats after the game. Very physical game. Uh, When when you look at the stat sheets, really, it's uh, although we did some good things, we shot um, from the field 41%. We actually made. Six more uh, field goals than um, UNC. Uh, I just I've never been involved with a game where a team's taking 39 free throws, and so we that means we have to get a little bit more aggressive. Um, we were we took 12. We were 12 for 12, and so you know if we get a little bit more aggressive than possibly than maybe a different game. Maybe we get there 20 times or. 25 times will will be 20 for 20, but just a tough one. It's a physical game. My prayers and thoughts right now is um, uh, with um, Jaquavion. I don't have an update for you guys. I know he is. Uh, he did go to the hospital. Uh, waiting to hear back. Uh, very emotional situation for me right now. So apparently he's okay. He was out. I think with teammates on yeah, Saturday night. So apparently. good. Look. As far as, you know, the media reports are, he had numbness in his neck and his arm and precautions dictated how he was going to be removed from the court. 
and all of that. He went for tests at UNC Hospital. Turned out he's okay, and he may play tomorrow. I think that's awesome. That's great news for NC State because when they're whole and when Mahorchich comes back, I mean, this could be a really, really good basketball team. I think they're good anyway. So we'll see uh, We'll see how they respond to this. They have responded to losses well in the past. They've responded well to winning in the past. Hey, look, I said going into the game that this was a more important game for UNC than NC State. And I believe that it wasn't about rivalry, although it may have been about rivalry also to, to UNC's players, and we'll talk to Brett Friedlander next hour about it. I just think that Carolina needed a good win. And NC State provided them with that opportunity. They played better. End of discussion. Uh, Duke, they, man, I don't know. If you watch the game, I'm going to point this. For those people who are fans of the Carolina Hurricanes, there were moments in that game that reminded you of the Carolina Hurricanes in that, my gosh, as many opportunities as both teams had right around the rim to not score, I was having major flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I was like battle scars at watching uh, the Hurricanes not be able to score right in front of the goal. Yeah. It really was crazy how many layups and contested layups though. They're not we're not talking about wide open bunnies. We're talking about hard fought contested shots, but all within three feet of the rim that neither team could make. And I guess this is the way it's going to be for Duke. Here's John Shire after the game. I was told before, you know, it's the 500th sellout, consecutive sellout that we've had, and what a what an amazing place to play basketball games. You know, Cameron is one of a kind, I think. It showed today. Really proud of the overall effort. I thought everybody on the team stepped up at different moments. And, uh, you know, I just, for me, Derek Lively, you know, he's been working his butt off every day with Coach Jefferson, and he keeps getting better. And for him to have six offensive rebounds, ten rebounds overall, uh, five block shots. Uh, thought, you know, we had to change our defenses up. Miami's an explosive team. You never relax when you're playing against them. And to hold them to 66 points, I'm really proud of our defense and the job that we did. You know, Coach Lucas, Jay's been our defensive coordinator. He's been, you know, he actually had the scout from Miami as well. He's been huge for us in what in what we've done. I think that Duke games are going to be tough watches for a lot of people for the rest of the season. Although Jeremy Roach played, I thought, pretty effectively. Um, he came off the bench. It looks better when Jeremy Roach is in. I also thought that Tyrese Proctor played a pretty good game. And so there were some encouraging signs for Duke. Uh, it did take a really off night for Isaiah Wong, who apparently, according to Jim Laranega, has been dealing with a sinus infection. I can empathize. As in a say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shouts, to, uh, shouts to my guy, Isaiah Wong. But look, that's a good win. That is a good win for Duke. All right. Back to football. And I know it's going to really deal with the bulk of our day. We will talk to Brett Friedlander in about an hour uh, about State Carolina and Duke Miami. And Duke, by the way, plays tonight against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, 49ers beat the Cowboys because they clearly practice. That's the way. What a concept. what it comes down to for me. One team looked like they practiced, and the other team looked like they just show up and play. Oh, we got a lot of good players. Let's, yeah. 
I'll meet you at one, and we'll play. Well, and oh. Dak had one game where he didn't have interceptions. Well, Can't have two in a row. That is true. Here's the thing about it. <laughs> because my first thought, watching the game, when the game was basically over, I thought, boy, Tampa Bay really was bad. Yep. That's just because... The way it looked last week, Monday night, oh my gosh, what a machine. Yeah. Dallas looks great. Yeah. And then this week. Dallas didn't look great. (laughs) No, they did not. Two more bad interceptions, frankly, could have been a couple of others. Uh, The second interception of the game cost Dallas points and gave San Francisco points. I shouldn't say it cost Dallas points because we don't know. We don't know if they would have been able to kick a field goal because Brett Maher missed. I mean, okay, the first extra point was blocked, but it it was good for him that it was blocked because that extra point might have been 25 feet left. Yeah. It was never going to be close. With all of that said, he did make two field goals the rest of the game. He did. So he's been healed, maybe. We don't know. Uh, Brett Maher will not be the Dallas Cowboys kicker next year. He'll be in somebody else's (laughs) roster because Dallas needs to, A, they need a scapegoat. Yeah. uh, And B, it's probably better for all parties that Brett Maher goes somewhere else. He'll have to win a job, but it's obvious that he's a good kicker. All right. Now back to uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys. The two interceptions that Dak threw. The first one was uh, bad read, worst throw, worst bad bad throw, worst read. I don't know. All it, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. The second one was very typical of Dak of late is I am telegraphing everything that I'm doing. The uh, the cornerback on the play, who should have caught it outright, didn't. I mean, Dak hit him in the chest, and the ball popped up, and Fred Warner caught it. Um, they were obviously going to C.D. Lamb, because basically that's all they do, yeah. is go to C.D. Lamb. So the corner just kind of uh, drifted back inside and got there. Should have made the catch himself, but he didn't. Anyway, it was an interception anyway. Uh, and here is Dak on... Hanging his defense out to dry. Just disappointed. As I said, I mean, guys that, that played their asses off defense who gave us an opportunity to win this game, who, who played their, who played hard against a really, really good offense, a really good team. And um, for us to only put up the points that we did, that that's unacceptable. And it starts with me, and I, I've got to be better. I mean, that's there's no other way to sugarcoat it. Dak Prescott has had a lot of experience this year taking responsibility for being bad. Yeah, at least he's not like Zach Wilson. I was thinking the same thing. Now, the problem is that we've seen that too many times out of Dak Prescott. And Prescott has already been taking all the slings and arrows. And I'm telling you, you give Dak Prescott better coaching, and Dak Prescott is a better quarterback. There's no way you're going to convince me that Daniel Jones is better than Dak Prescott. No way. Mm-mm. Guess what Daniel Jones has? Better coaching. Mm-hmm. Huh. It met coaching. Steve Logan always says coaching matters. Yep. And it's it clearly hurt the Dallas Cowboys. Now we're going to get into some of the other games on the other side. But to me, this game is going to be remembered. 
Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com for the way the cowboys were exposed as a horribly coached or incredibly stupid football team and maybe those are the same things i don't know so i'm gonna run through a couple of things real quick here before we take a break so dallas with it was like 235 left and dak prescott was sacked to set up a fourth and 10 from the 20 yard line And Mike McCarthy made the decision to punt, which, wrong decision, because you were now hoping that you would get the ball back. The truth of the matter is that you had the ball, even though it was fourth and ten, you had the ball. I would have rather trusted your offense to pick up ten yards on one play than trust your defense to get the ball back. And even if you did punt the ball and get the ball back and you did everything right before then, you were more than likely going to be in exactly the same position you are now with no timeouts and less time in the clock. So I understand it was essentially you had to pick up the first down or you lose, but that was probably your better chance. Anyway, you punted the ball, but... You let 25 seconds run off the clock before you punted. So dumb. If you're going to punt it, just call a timeout. You had all three. So 235, timeout. Now we kick. Dallas gets the ball. There's 230. You've got two timeouts plus the two-minute warning. At You still had to get the ball back. At worst, you get it back with 155 left. Yeah. As opposed to what happened... With, by the way, San Francisco with a brain fart where your kid ran out of bounds. Exactly. Oh. You still, you got the ball back with 33 seconds left, no timeouts, needing to go 94 yards. Oh. You got the ball in worse field position with zero timeouts. First play was a design rollout. The deck nearly got plowed for a safety. I laughed. I'm sorry. I laughed at that. He ran all of a sudden. Who was it? Uh, I don't know who. who Hendrickson, number 91 for Cincinnati. Oh, he rolls out. Oh, like, whoa. He's and the guy, I, I think the defensive end was surprised that Dak was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was he doing? Yeah. He should have just tackled him. Anyway, second play um, was a designed, uh, was, was Schultz, re- or two plays later, whatever it was, Schultz does an out route, tries to get out of bounds, but he doesn't try hard enough to get out of nope. bounds, and the clock's running. Like, dude. This is not casual. There's nothing casual about this. Get out of bounds. Oh, no. Oh, just a little catch. Oh, everything's fine. Right. Then he fails to get two feet down. Do we practice? Right. Does Dallas work on these things? What are we doing? And then the final play. The dumbest play design I have ever seen. And here's the thing about it. Because we've never seen that before. So... At s- somebody had to dream that up. Yeah. Okay? 
And I'm sure there is a whiteboard where they wrote that up for the first time. Somewhere in some meeting room, there's a whiteboard. X's with, and O's. Oh, man. Here's over. what we're going to do. We're going to put Zeke at center. We're going to put all these linemen this way, all these linemen that way. Oh, man, they're not going to know what to do. This is great. I hope that that is on a whiteboard somewhere. And I hope that we can get Kellen Moore or Mike McCarthy yes. to autograph it and sell that sucker on eBay because yes. that will be worth millions. It will. That was the dumbest thing I have ever seen. And I'm sorry, but the way the play was executed with Zeke Ezekiel Elliott getting knocked basically back to Dak Prescott's feet and the wide receiver who caught the ball being just stuck immediately was justification for a silly play. Yes. A silly play. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away.